Hi, I'm Aldias in Medium, and thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to try to bring religion and spirituality closer together, and this is what this pod is all about. I will talk about my own thoughts and feelings as I am both LDS and have spiritual gifts, something that I've had my whole life, but I always thought that it was hard to combine these gifts with my religion. This has torn me into two directions, and I have talked to many people who feel the same way. I can't choose not to have my spiritual gifts, but I can choose how I use them, and I always want to use them for good and to help others. I believe my heavenly parents gave them to me for a reason, so this is me. Join my quest for knowledge. Men vs. Women, Chapter 9 Next part of the chapter is called How Desire Take Flight. So in the beginning of every relationship, there is an abundance of desire. If you listen to Gregory Kerman from the Brain Academy, he compares the first love like being high on cocaine, because the brain scans look the same. So the first falling in love phase is like getting high or addicted. He also says that the part of your brain shut down and makes you disinterested in any red flags or bad behavior. You just don't see it. He says love, beautiful, romantic, passionate love, comes down to brain malfunction. That is, from a brain scientist's perspective. Mark says that there is a high level of desire in the beginning of every marriage, but after time it starts to deteriorate due to disappointments and offenses or lack of attention. No one starts out their marriage thinking it will fail, because they are in love and the desire is high. But then you get over the honeymoon phase and into the everyday life, where we assume things and expect things and might not communicate it very well which leaves us disappointed. I know that feeling. The few times I tried to tell my ex-husband that I wanted to have more physical touch, he would pat my cheek or head or shoulder a few times per day for a week or two, and then it was back to nothing. Disappointment and I are really good friends. Now, however, I am more disappointed in myself. If I wanted touch, I should have gotten myself more massages at the parlor than expecting anything from someone who obviously couldn't meet my needs. That, I think, is the thing. Expectations. It comes from wanting to be validated from the outside, when you still don't feel worthy on the inside. So your expectations will never be met, since you are in no condition to fully receive anyway. Quote, When our expectations are not met, our hearts get sick. Since we can't endure that for very long, we begin to harden our hearts and begin to lose interest in the relationship. Desire retreats. End of quote. Looking back, I can see the signs of that in my marriage. The retreat, emotional abandonment. I was just too burnt out and tired to bother at the time. I always focused on the next life if only we got through this. I'm glad I can laugh about it now, and hopefully my disaster can help prevent someone else's. So what can we do about it? We can reorient our expectations. I can hold myself up to great expectations, but laying my expectations on someone else is not right. By doing that, I set myself up for disappointment. We might view things in a different way based on our upbringing and faith and life in general. So it's important to address this and have a healthy communication about how we can slip into expectations in order to avoid placing disappointments on each other. Next was offense. When we get offended, it breeds hurt and unforgiveness. If we don't let offense go, our heart grow cold and we lose desire to keep the relationship alive. 
For me personally, I don't think I've really felt offended many times at all. A few, but on the whole, I don't think this was an issue. Well, they did have a way of talking down on my family, which in a way left me offended, even though it wasn't aimed at me. But if I were to ask my ex if he ever felt offended in our relationship, I think I would get a long list of transgressions. In the end, I thought me being alive and breathing was an offense to him. But for me, letting go is a choice. Finding things to be offended about is also a choice. If we look at our partner and believe that they are at the core good and decent people, for me, why not ask, what did you mean by that, instead of being offended and hurt? And I'm really working on that, with my kids, at work, everywhere, instead of being offended and hurt. And the final is lack of attention. Here I think we were both as bad. I felt neglected and my way of subconsciously getting even was giving back the same way. No, not really. But looking back it felt like that was my defensive mechanism. He would come home from work and sit in the armchair playing on his phone. So after a while I started playing more on my phone. That was one of the things he said when he left, that I was always on my phone playing. But my truth is that he escaped there years before I even started. But I did start, and that is on me. He loved to watch TV at night, and it would have been easy for me to join him. But I didn't really like the shows he watched, and I liked going to bed early. But I guess, from his point of view, me never offered to join him or show any interest in doing so made him feel lonely. Yet again, we never communicated at all. It's a miracle we stayed together for 20 years. Jesus said the following, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, what you treasure you put your attention to, and your heart will follow, which will lead to you desiring it. Mark goes on, When we take each other for granted, we lose the desire to keep the relationship fresh and lose the energy necessary to work out our differences when they arise. The reason many relationships die is simply that no attention is given to them and desire is washed away. Mark talks about why his weekend seminars are so good. It's mainly because couples come together to the seminars, and during the seminars they start to focus on each other and give each other attention, which rekindles desire. I think I read somewhere in this chapter about him being out shopping with his wife, but all he looked at was his wife, the way she looked at groceries, and he really placed all his focus only on her and his desire for her grew stronger. Where focus goes, energy, or in this case, desire, flows. Back to the couple we met in the beginning. Well, it ended up with a man leaving his wife. Mark says that he has discovered that you can actually leave a relationship without leaving it physically. I guess that was what happened to my marriage. We lived together, yet miles apart. So instead of saying, here I am, say, there you are. Sound happy and celebrate your partner. Feel giddy and excited about seeing each other. Focus on them. Breathe into them. I really wish I had someone to try this on. All I get is to reminisce about all I did wrong in the past. But I'm learning so much. Until next time, remember, God is a God who raises the dead. He raises dead marriages too. Quote Mark Gungor. Be the light, share the light, spread the light, shine. This is my journey. Thank you so much for keeping me company today. 
Please download, like, share, and subscribe, and help spread the light and spread the word to expand our community. Let's bring more love, peace, and unity to this world. Take care of yourself and your loved ones. Always be grateful, kind, and loving. Be brave and remember to step out of your comfort zone and smile. If you support us on Patreon, you will get access to our meditations and extra materials so you can download them as MP3. Also, we now have a Facebook group, which you can access from our Facebook community. Please answer the questions as you apply to participate. It will be a safe haven where we can keep discussing religion and spirituality, our spiritual gifts, and self-development. Remember, one person can make a difference, but together we can change the world.